Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, hey, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your mixologist, your bartender, and hopefully information for the hour. We'll see how it goes. And yes, this is part two to the very special episodes we're doing with our guests, uh, well, one of our, obviously our hosts, Mark, who did his Mark Adventures in Hawaii. He just came back. Bugger looks like he shaved off two years. But anyway, let me introduce the rest of the crew here. So on my right-hand side is Paula, our Brazilian, now Canadian, blown. She's she's everything now. She's got a baby. She's been married. She's traveling the world. How are we doing, Paula? Hi. Wow. That that was a mega that a good intro, intro that a good, of me. Yeah, <laughs> you really, really played me up there. I'm not that all that like. Oh, the pressure's on you now. There you go. <laughs> my husband just told me yesterday that I have become a very North American wife, mother. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that well. When I told him, like, oh, I have to start, you know, going to shop for turkey, and and he was like, uh, well, if you can't find a turkey, we could always do the the turkey ball or whatever it was that thing is called, you know, yeah. the pretend turkey that's a yeah. ball, yeah. oh, butterball. <laughs> butter and then ball. I was like, I was like, no way. And he's like, oh my god, you've become like the the typical North American wife slash mom. Like, ooh, I have like my special turkey recipe that no one can meddle with and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I guess I have. That's right. You've adjusted yourself to the Canadian culture. Here we go. Yep, I guess I have. <laughs> and on my left-hand side, one of the reasons why we're doing the show in the first place is, of course, Mark, our tiki expert, our tiki expert. I know he's going to say he's not the expert of tiki, but he is our expert of tiki. And he just came back from Hawaii. It looks like he shaved off a couple years of uh, – uh, you look very youthful and colorful there, Mark, like you uh, – uh, you've uh, blossomed. Uh, what's going it's the, on? It's the salt air and the and the tropical breezes. There we go. And oh my god, it is. And the haircut. Isn't it? <laughs> and the haircut. <laughs> isn't it? I, I have to say, I feel different when I'm close to the ocean. For real, like oh, me too. It does something yeah. to my soul that is just so nice. It yeah. is the the salt air breeze. It really does something to you. I have to agree with you, Mark. No, so too, but I mean, like, like when I go to the Caribbean, it's the blue water. Like, you know, like, yes, we have lakes and rivers here in Canada and stuff like that. But I mean, when you go down, like you're saying, to Hawaii or these Caribbean countries, it's the blue, crystal blue, clear water. It just, it makes a world of difference. Like, you know, you're an oasis. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. So, yes, we're going to talk about Mark's adventures. We're going to go on some details about Mai Tais. He's going to categorize them for us. Uh, also some other drinks and of course some of the places he was so obviously we're hoping everyone's staying <laughs> safe uh yes i know this is redundant we've been talking about being safe for the last what three years now <laughs> <laughs> but yes anyways we're hoping everyone's staying safe so let's go on to the show so craig what yes. drink are we gonna talk about today all right so so of course we're talking about hawaii so you gotta talk about a mai tai 
you know, let's uh, let's get into you know the the most important Bobby Tiki cocktail of all time, and of course, uh, let's go with the 1956 Trader Vic's Mai Tai. That's right. We're going way back to 1956. Thank God, I guess, you know, through research of Beachcomber and other people, they've actually found these recipes out either through uh, bartenders that work for these guys or simply just books that they've wrote down in recipes and eventually they were found through research. So you say 1956. Yes. I, there are many versions of the Mai Tai, are there not? Of course. So um, I think me and you've talked about this, Mark, a lot was that the thing was back then that he was collecting rums from Jamaica, from Puerto Rico, from all kinds of other places. And then I'll see trying to mass order like, you know, inventory so he can keep going. But then we he also read some of his books back then. He found out that what in the pop was that these rums would be depleted. And so the recipe had to keep on being changed. Right, Mark, throughout the, through the years, the rums were changing because of supply and demand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, I mean, there's a, I think it's in Ireland somewhere. There's a bar that has the original 56 Mai Tai because they actually have some of the original rums, but it costs so much money. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about that, Mark, what was the price range in a lot of the Mai Tais that you had on Hawaii? Like, Okay. This is for any Canadians visiting Hawaii. There we go. There's an exchange rate. When you say $15 on a menu, it, with tip, it's really closer to 25 mm-hmm. So a four-drink evening is suddenly a $100 evening. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. You don't think about it when you're there because they're only $12, $15. That's right? U.S. though, yes. It's all U.S. Everything's expensive in Hawaii. The only thing that's cheap there is um, spam. <laughs> <laughs> Spam's cheap everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a, but it's a it's a national food there. I say, is there expensive spam somewhere in the world? I don't know. Spam, you know the the canned luncheon meat. You it's know when you go to the grocery when you go to the grocery store, you're down the tuna fish aisle or whatever, and you get to a place where there's like canned meat. Yes, there's no. a thing called in quotations in meat. Yeah, I, I never even saw that in my life. Yeah. Okay, and, so what? Okay, it goes back to uh, World War Two. Uh, when the GIs were there. And uh, Spam is this, it's made by Hormel, a company out in the States, and it's parts of meat and uh, with a few possibly spices, and it's rammed into this can, and it's a rectangular can. And there was so much of it on the island that the locals got accustomed to the taste. Mm-hmm. And now you can get like Spam sushi, uh, fried Spam, it goes on and on spam, and on. Spam, 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 yeah, Spam, Spam, Spam. spam. <laughs> So, Monty Python for you folks yeah, out there, yes. Yeah, wonderful spam. <laughs> sausage, sausage, egg, sausage, sausage, and spam. <laughs> yes. Uh, when we were there 15 years ago, well, the guide told us when they have uh, hurricanes, typhoons, whatever, the first thing they run out of toilet paper, the second thing they run out of is spam. Wow. Now, here's a, here's a thing, if you remember this, Mark, there'll be a key, they'll be sitting on top of the, the, yep. the can. You take the key off the, the top of the can, which would be attached, and then on the yep. side, there's like a little lip, and you put the key in there, and you just roll the key around the can to open the can. And then when you take the top off, there'd be like a little layer of fat in one yep. of the corners of the spam. <laughs> in a number of the uh, restaurants slash resorts we went to, they actually, like, they bring you your bill, yeah, and it's in a cleaned out spam can. 
Well, I guess it's also a good ashtray. I remember that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. An ashtray, so, uh, right? so spam is a part of their life. Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> so you don't have to try it, Paula. It's um, it's an acquired taste. Yeah, no, I'm not going to acquire that taste probably, yeah. so it's fine. <laughs> Thanks. There we go. <laughs> I'll, stick, I'll stick to the live beef. There we go, the real stuff. Yeah, the that's why that- he said meat in quotations, by the way, folks. Yeah. You, yeah. Catch that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, also, Mark, you've done uh, a lot of research over the years. So, what rums in your Mai Tai? Like, when you make your Mai Tai at home, what is the, the go-to ones for you? Well, much research was involved. Yeah, Once again, right? of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah you and, not, and you're not an expert. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's right. I'm not. Uh, however, the um, after reading what other people did, the the final recipe I came up with is also one that Linda likes the best too. Okay. So I can make them better. We use the, um, for the rum, we use the Agricole Clement VSOP, one ounce of that and one ounce of uh, Appleton 12. Uh, okay, so... Because I think Jamaican part of it, because the Jamaicans are always known for having um, very mysterical. There's always like herbs and spices and and it's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, like when you go to a Caribbean uh, bar and you see that bottle of rum behind there and it's got all kinds of crap in there, like bark and whatever yeah. in there, right? It's like Gucci, I guess that's what I'm yeah. looking for. You know what I mean? So Jamaican's known for that. The, their rums are just got all kinds of mysterical stuff that's in them. All the time. So that's that's pretty cool that's, that's in your Mai Tai. Let's go on to the drink then. The 1956 Mai Tai. And what is in this drink? Okay, so obviously we can't reproduce the real Mai Tai from back in 1956, but I'm going to give you guys the recipe and then you guys use whatever rum you want to. Like we said, Mark just talked about the rums that he uses. So obviously everyone has their own taste or requirements for their rum. So whatever you like in there, guys, is what is good for you. So... On this recipe, it is an ounce and a half of Trader Vic's Puerto Rican rum. Uh, so Puerto Rican rum, there's tons out there. Uh, you can go from, uh, it's obviously a Bacardi. I probably would use, if I was going to use a Bacardi, I'm probably going to use a dark rum. I'm not going to use a white rum because it seems to be washed out. Uh, three quarters of an ounce of Myers Plantation Punch Rum because that's changed over the years, right, Mark? It used to be just called Myers Rum and now it's called Punch Rum. I've noticed that. Yeah, that's what we get here. Welcome to Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> LCBO will never, yeah, we'll never plug LCBO. I swear to God. Juice of one lime, a dash of rock candy syrup, a dash of orange carousel, and a dash of orge, and which is an almond syrup. We talked about that before. That's a lot of dashing. It's a lot of dashes. Yes. Well, back then it was, it was, it was a little this, a little that, and a little this, and it's you know, there was always so many layers to a tiki drink, and that's exactly what. Trader Vic was trying to do is trying to get all these different layers in there. So you taste it and you're like, okay, first time I taste, I'm tasting maybe Orge, the almond syrup. Then I'm tasting maybe the rock candy syrup or I'm tasting lime, all kinds of layers in there. And that's what makes a tiki drink a tiki drink. And what exactly is rock candy? Okay. So rock candy, what it is, is so we've talked about a thousand times in a show about simple syrup. So obviously one part sugar to one part water. So rock candy is very easy. What it is is two parts sugar to one part water. Uh, you get to a point where you dissolve the sugar like we, we talked about in the past. You get actually to a boil, okay? And then you reduce the heat down and you simmer it for about five to 10 minutes. Then you put that into a fridge, you cool that down. So what's going to happen from that is that when you boil it and you simmer it, is that the sugar is actually going to caramelize 
And uh, there's a few times at work when I've had the cooks make my simple serve for me. It comes out and it's almost like this yellow tinge to it. It's because they cooked it too long. So while it happens, that all of a sudden the caramelization comes out of the sugar, molasses kind of taste to it. So it's got that, yeah, caramel, molasses, very sweet taste to it. So it's almost like making simple syrup, but you're just doing a different technique. And I will put that in the recipes for you guys to do at home. That's the rock candy that they know from back in the 50s and 60s from the tiki recipes that they did. So how should the uh, people out there in uh, Radioland uh, mix this drink? <laughs> All right. So what you're going to do is you're going to drop the uh, – so we talked about the limes. So when you do the lime juice, you're going to cut it off in half. You're going to drop half the lime uh, shell into a rocks glass. Uh, what you're going to do is pour all those ingredients in there. You're going to stir it all up and just a crushed ice in there, of course, and then decorate it with some fresh mint because it's supposed to be like the tree, you know, of the tropics that the mint is. It's like a tree. So I know obviously you obviously tried this, Mark, but if you come anywhere close to this kind of recipe and some of the, the Mai Tais that you tried on Hawaii? Oh, Absolutely. I mentioned before that there's this Hawaiian Mai Tai that kind of started up that's put a little bit of orange juice, a little bit of pineapple juice in there just to make it more, air, air quotes, Hawaiian, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's become it's become more popular over the years. And so a lot of people are lamenting the fact that they can't get the originals anywhere anymore. The place, um, Skull and Crown, it's in the Chinatown area. Both of their Mai Tais are like Trader Vic's variants. Mm-hmm. One even called themselves the Dagger Mai Tai, named after the dagger rum that Trader Vic would have used, theoretically. Oh, okay. Back then. Uh, Duke's, Duke, Duke Hanamoko. Uh, it's a tra- chain of uh, uh, restaurants from famous, famous sports, surfing, swimming icon from Hawaii. They have both the Hawaiian Mai Tais, mm-hmm. and they call it, I'll get the name perfect here, they call it a Vintage 44 Mai Tai. And uh, so a lot of other places are starting to do exactly that. House Without a Key, uh, they it's a traditional Mai Tai. Yes. They don't have the Hawaiian one there. So you're, I guess what you're saying is that half those bars that you, you went to are trying to go back to the vintage yeah. and the original recipe with a little bit of spin, of course, to it. And then the other half are kind of just adding, like you yeah. said, pineapple juice, orange juice, and they're trying to create their own different version, a new revelation yeah, the, um, of the Mai Tai. The place we talked about before, the Royal Hawaiian, the pink, big pink place. They have like six different Mai Tais. Wow. Oh, jeez. Is there anything else on the menu besides the Mai Tai? <laughs> so they have uh, an, a Trader Vic one as well as many others. Okay. Good to know. All right. So also, like I said, we we're talking about Hawaii. We're talking about Mai Tais. So let's do a second drink. We're going to talk about a different version of the Mai Tai. We're going to move the date calendar down to 1961. And we're going to do a 1961 version of the Mai Tai. Again, the reason why is that these different versions, especially back then, is because the lack of supply of certain rums that they could get. So they also had to change the recipe to accommodate for new rums that are coming in for them. And that's why we have all these different versions of the Mai Tai. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about the 1961 Mai Tai. And like I said, we're going to move that timeline down from 1956 to 1961. Always, you know, only five years. But, you know, think about five years of selling Mai Tais in a very popular tiki bar. Yeah. You are going to run out of rum. Heaven forbid. 
We don't want to say that, you know, just like the pirates say, where I, the rum is gone <laughs> for the old pirate show. Uh, yeah. So they all see once the rum supply of that certain particular brand of rum ran out, then we also, they had to alter the recipe, get some new rums in and uh, start off with a new Mai Tai. And what's in that drink? All right. So let's give you guys the recipe to that one. And the great thing about this recipe is that it's only going to give you the rum types. So what I mean by that is, for example, the first thing is one ounce of light rum. So the great thing about that is that you can use whatever you like. You can use a Havana Club. You can use Morgan. You can use um, Bacardi. Whatever is in your, your library or the ones that you prefer. Example for me, that would be Plantation. I would, right off the bat would use my Plantation for the light rum. One ounce of dark rum. Again, same thing. You can do whatever one you want. Third of an ounce of Orgier. So that's almond syrup. Uh, you can get that in a specialty coffee shop, by the way. A dash of orange carousel. Uh, juice of half a lime. Lime's always in there. Every recipe we pretty well talked about. Uh, one and a half ounces of orange juice and one and a half ounces of pineapple juice. So yes, even back then in 1961, they started adding pineapple juices and orange juices, modifying the recipe. I don't know if they were doing that because the rums changed. So therefore, they had to kind of compensate with that with some juices in there to kind of make sure that it was well balanced. That's what I'm thinking probably happened. But yeah, so this is a great alteration of the first one 1956 give it a try because if you have all these ingredients it's a great drink any mai tai is a great drink well that's not true because mark said there are some bad mai tais out unfortunately there. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> i can't imagine you imagine if you go to hawaii you go to the wrong place and you get a Mai Tai and you come back and go, I'm never having that again. I don't understand what the big hype is. Like, could you imagine that that whole disappointment of going all the way to Hawaii? I cannot. I cannot imagine the disappointment. Oh, and I forgot to ask you, Mark, how was the weather? It rained for yeah. two hours. Like one day or every day? No, no. One day. One day. One day. Well, the best thing about going to Kauai is if it's raining, you just drive to the other side of the island and it's not raining. But it's the same at Oahu. Yeah, well, Kauai's got the mountains in the, right at the one side. So if it's raining on one side, uh, the it's going to stop. Same, kind of the same with Oahu. Yeah. But no, the weather was fine. Did Paula, did you have good weather too, Paula? I had, like, I had never felt more perfect weather in my entire life. To me, it was like the absolute perfect weather. You're not, you're, it's hot enough that you want to be in the water, mm-hmm. but it's not hot enough that it's unbearable outside the water. I don't know. It's just absolute perfect weather. You're not sweating. Mm-hmm. You're not cold. Like, it's beautiful weather. Now, is that because the, you're near the ocean, so you're getting kind of like the ocean breeze off the ocean? I don't know, because in Brazil, you're in the ocean, mm-hmm. like close to the ocean, and you're hot as hell. You're sweating. Mm-hmm. You want to kill yourself half of the time. <laughs> and there, no, there it was just that absolute perfect, I don't know the weather, the name in English, there's a, a word in Portuguese that it's just like amena. So it's it's just, you know, that perfect temperature that doesn't bother you. So is it a ever so it's not a dry heat or a humid heat, somewhere in somewhere in the middle, right? It I didn't feel dry or humid. Right. That's the thing. It was just well balanced. Perfect. It's an oasis. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know the the Papa Bear, Mama Bear, and Little Bear, and then Papa Bear is too st- stiff, Little Bear is too soft. soft, Mama Bear is just right. Yep. It was that. There we go. Mark, what do you think uh, the weather like wise? Well, well, apparently September, late September, early October is 
one of the hottest times of the year, but that means it's 84 instead of 81. <laughs> Which is what, like 28? Yeah, something like 28 to 32 or what, somewhere good. in there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I found a couple of days the sun to be really hot. Like we get here in the August time, you go outside, you go, oh man, that's hot. But that went away after a little while. It's once it went off overhead, it was fine. Then the breeze picks up and it's fine. So yeah. And the only thing is, like right now, it tends to get windy this yeah. time of year. Okay. Up in there. When was but, I there? Was it March? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember when I was there. <laughs> I don't. I actually don't. Let me look at my calendar. Was the evenings, did it cool off in the evenings and anything like that? Yeah. Nice. Oh, absolutely. But the uh, there uh, it gets light, dark, really early there. Oh, okay. Right? So you're going out for dinner at uh, 5.30 and it's dark. Oh. So, so you have to get used to that as well. No, is that- I don't remember if it was like that in March. Yeah, because I was just saying, is that because of the, the timeline that you're going there, Mark? Because I've noticed in the Caribbean, if I go there, say, in February, and then I go in April, the, the sunset is completely different because of the time of year. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, probably, because yeah. it's the same like here, Yeah, right? like in here, September, the sun's going down at four or five in the afternoon. But in, say, in, in June or July, it's going down at like eight or nine. Right, so I, or ten, or ten, exactly. So I think that's anywhere you are in the world, that's going to be a factor. I think, yeah, for sure. Yeah. However, I will get people a warning. Uh oh. Anybody going to Honolulu slash Hawaii? The restaurants are not open late. Ah, uh, which for you works so perfect, Mark. That's so oh, well yeah, for Paula. Then, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn it. Oh, nine Paula, o'clock. Paula with the done. baby was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock, the restaurants are done. No, is there clubs and things to go to obviously after that? I mean, you wouldn't be yeah, going but to them. They, but, yeah. A lot of them didn't have, a lot of them are closed, like, unless it's like a dance club. Yeah. A lot of them are closed. Ugh. And this was like a Saturday night. Wow. So like nine o'clock, that's it. Yeah. Nine o'clock, no more food. And uh, one of the bars we went to, we saw that they had food there and we didn't eat before we went there. And we got there at like nine. Or reservations and there's no food. Oh, and then what? What do you eat? You don't. Uh, we drink. You drink. And you then drink you and drink some more. Find a, and then you try and find a place that's open. And there you're literally Ubering off. <laughs> you're Ubering all over Honolulu looking for a bar that's still open serving food. Ooh, that's well, okay. So here's a question: Is there corner stores like you know we have here, obviously, right, where you can go in and yeah. get like snacks and stuff? Oh yeah. Okay, so. Worst case scenario, you go into a corner store and yeah. getting a snack. That's not real food. <laughs> no, but it's something. <laughs> it's something. Yeah. It's it, you're mass. drinking, so you want to eat something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 They're called ABC stores. Uh, Combination drugstore. Uh, like corner store. Yeah. Store. Corner store. T-shirt store. Liquor store. Uh, they, liquor store. They have it, everything. A little of everything. Yep. That's so American. That's so USA. It is. That's that's their their culture. It is exactly. All right. So that that's the recipe for the 1961 Mai Tai. Um, Mark's going to ask me the million dollar question. Of course, is did you stir this one? Did you shake it? What'd you do with poor Trader Vic? There we go. I actually got to stir this in some crushed ice. Yes, this one takes crushed ice. If it's a Mai Tai, goddamn it, folks, it has crushed ice in it. So stir with crushed ice and then add a. Float of one ounce dark rum on the top. So the dark rum that you have on this drink is going to be along the top. It's going to float it along the top. It's got this nice little cloud. Like if you ever seen a dark and stormy, that's another uh, It's another great feature. It looked very eye-catching for sure. 
I don't think I actually mentioned any kind of garnish, but again, we can garnish it with whatever you guys like for sure. We talked about Trader Vic. We've obviously talked about Donna Beachcomber over years and years of this show. So, and, and you, from your research, Mark, did you find that Trader Vic was just as secretive about his recipes to his staff than Donna Beachcomber was? Not that I could see. I've only been to one Trader Vic. Everything's there out in the open. But the thing was, he also was the entrepreneur type guy, and he sold his premix kits and his premix rums, mm-hmm. right? Calling it Trader Vic's Mai Tai mix and Trader Vic's that. So the bar actually uses that, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know if you would call that a secret recipe or not. Right. So basically, he was but, a little more open on his recipes and more willing to yeah. to give up the information. I mean, there's been a number of his recipe books where he gives the exact quantities of everything from, from the bowl drinks right down to the Mai Tais to everything. So he was more open about it and, and uh, with a no- actually a number of cookbooks. So, well, like you said, so I, I, wonder, I wonder what makes it so popular then. If, like, is it just super popular because it's that good? Because usually when you don't have that mystery, right, like, like Tiki, it's like that, we talk about Tiki, always is mysterial. Yes, exactly. But not only that, like when you discover how to make the the drink, what makes you go back there if you could just make it at home? Uh, I think it's the ambiance, everything. You're, it's a place to escape and have somebody else mix the drink the for you. Environment, yeah, exactly. You know, it's just like it's nice to go to a restaurant. Yeah. Even though they have bread, it seems to taste better than your bread at home kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, I see. (laughs) So, question for you, Mark. I mean, obviously, we've talked about this many times before. So, in Hawaii, why does the Mai Tai seem to be like the drink of Hawaii? Like you said, you tried 30 different Mai Tais out. So, is it because the tourism there and they're like, hey, the tourists are expecting a Mai Tai and that's why we're having a Mai Tai on our menu? Or is it like Cho? To, to kind of sustain or hold on to the, the Polynesian tiki culture and keep the tiki bars alive. Like why, in your opinion, what do you think, why the Mai Tai is the drink of Hawaii? Well, one of the reasons is that Trader Vic himself was asked to uh, come up with the drinks whenever for their cruise line, ship cruises, going to Hawaii. And a couple of hotels, including the Royal Hawaiian, asked Trader Vic to come up with the recipes for their place. Mm-hmm. So you would be on the cruise and you'd have a, a Mai Tai, and then you get to the hotel and you have a Mai Tai. Then you go back to America and you mainland and you say, I have these great Mai Tais. And so then over the years, other people started having Mai Tais. And then the pineapple version started and then more people could drink it because a Mai Tai is a bit of a strong drink. Mm-hmm. Foos for it. If it's made correctly, it's foos for it. Yes. <laughs> and so people can't drink a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Right. So putting fruit juices in it, you could have more or you could whatever. Right. So I think these Mai Tais became as popular as the original and then over time became more popular Mm -hmm. just because there's more people going to uh, Hawaii than there is going to a Trader Vic's. Exactly. So tourism. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Welcome to Mark's Adventure. So, Mark, what bar are we talking about today? Well, the last time we talked about, we talked about the uh, La Mariana, and it was a really strong woman. <laughs> That's uh, true. That kept, that kept this place going, and it was the, the heart and soul of it. When we were up in Kauai, there's a bar there called Tahiti Nui, 
and uh, once again run by a really strong woman and kept going for a number of years because of it. That sounds cool. Where is it? Tahiti Nui is located at the north end of Kauai in this very small town of Hanalei, or Hanalei. 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 So, okay, so yeah. how long has it been in operations, Mark? The bar was opened in 1963 by Louise, so it might take a couple of shots at this, by Louise Tiuputihari Hauta Marston. You know what? If you pronounce it wrong, I wouldn't know anyways. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but she was better known as Auntie Louise. Oh, Auntie uh, Louise. Annie Louise. She grew up in French Polynesian island of Dubuai. Auntie Louise was one of 11 children and a descendant of Tahitian royalty. And they arrived, her and her husband arrived on Kauai's North Shore in 1962. Wow. So a bit of royalty cool. there. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Is this like a tiki bar, like the La Mariana? Not at all. <gasps> this is more of an open room with a few uh, float balls hanging from the ceiling. Uh, there's La Hala mats covering the floors and ceilings. Lots of photos of their family, the Marston family over the years and their journeys. And uh, it's more of a local watering hole with Polynesian roots. What the hell's a watering hole? Watering hole is where a whole bunch of locals go to drink their face off. Yeah. Oh. I try to make my bar a watering hole. <laughs> yeah. So water hole, like example, like he's saying, is like you, you're, for example, I'm operating a bar. I would want people to be like, that's like their second home. Oh, so like Cam. Yeah. Cam's like Cam people. to Cam. My bar is his watering home. Okay. Yeah. So in the seventies, just like everywhere else, the Tiki thing started to slow down. And uh, so she put in some pool tables to keep the locals happy when it rained out and things like that. And then in 1973, and he covered the pool tables with a big plywood sheets and they made a buffet. Ah. Yeah. Locals brought plates of pork, fish, hand pounded poi for a big, uh, large potluck. And, uh, they didn't charge anybody for the food because people bring it. They only charge for drinks. And it started a weekly tradition that continues on. And he would start playing the guitars, alternating between Tahitian, Hawaiian and American music. This became a weekly event that continues today. But more, but as a paid event, it's a it's a major luau type thing every Friday wow. or Thursday night. That's amazing! Yeah. So like a potluck yeah. and then just pay for the chinks. That's awesome! Like it's like you said, it's like a luau. Yeah, wow. very much. It is a luau now. But, yeah, but, but it's, it's still a potluck. Potluck, yeah. Everybody it's, brings something. Yeah, but it's still like that nowadays. Sadly, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's great. Every night there's music, and we were there. Uh, there was a band that's one of the old girls that was playing and singing up there. Uh, she's been doing, I think they said that she's been there since 1968, playing there every week. Oh my God. Yeah. And the other band and and then other locals that knew how to actually do hula dancing to specific songs would get up and they do the hula perfectly along. So it was a real community atmosphere and uh, it was great. It was absolutely fabulous. So Mark, my next question is how the hell do you find these spots? Well, That's true. They 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 find me. No, but I mean, <laughs> they just look around. Are you doing research before you leave on your trip, or yes, you see are asking locals when you get there, say, "Hey, like, where's the go-to places to go?" Um, a bit of both. In this case here, in this case here was research before. Yeah. Okay. What, well, do, what, what do you research? Like, <laughs> what? No, I'm, I'm serious. Boy, there we go. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you throw in Google when when you're doing your research? What do you type in to discover? A small local bar that does potluck and live music for real. Yeah, that, yeah. That, well, it's the, a, it's well, a serious, is, valid question. You know, well, the first thing you do is you do tiki, 
and bar and the area. So you try not to make it huge. Now, the problem is if you're in Florida and you do Tiki Bar, Fort Lauderdale, you're going to get a hundred hits. Yeah. Right? Okay. Right. So now you have to narrow it down. Then you're going to have to go to cocktails Then you're going to have to there. Then you get a list and you can just see whether like in Florida, let's say, whether it's going to be a big place like the Maikai or if it's just going to be uh, Bob's Tiki Bar with, but you can tell just by looking at the photos. Okay. And then you just see uh, what's on the menu. You see what they offer. You see, you check the, uh, some of the ratings out. I don't, tend to go for the ratings i tend to actually go to the website but in this case you just told us that this was not a tiki place no it's not it's polynesian it's polynesian the uh but it's also across the street from a great great art store uh selling carvings and all that kind of stuff and for whatever reason this is considered a tiki bar oh it's ever popular what is a tiki bar i mean there was a couple of tikis around somewhere and there was hanging float balls, and there was matting on the wall, right. and they do serve Mai Tais. Oh, I so, guess that's tiki enough for Google. That's tiki, that's tiki enough. So therefore, yeah. that's tiki. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, <laughs> it was great. It was uh, maybe the best bar we went to. Oh, my God. Like drink-wise. Um, but this is not in Oahu, Oahu, you said? It's in uh, No, this is up in Hanalei, which is in the north part of Kauai. Wow. So I have a question for both of you guys, actually, because from your trips. So we talked about Polynesian and carvings and like Mark's talked about these different artists are in there in Hawaii that are trying to revive, obviously, tiki and do masks and carvings and all that stuff. Is that something like when you're driving down the street, like do you see like venues or like guys on the side of the street selling like carvings and and all these Polynesian artifacts? Or is it just like you have to go to a specific store well, in Hawaii to see in that. In my case, I only saw that in a couple places. You definitely don't see anything down the road. In my case, I saw it in um, Aulani, like, like he said. And I also saw it in another touristy place, which is when we we went to take the tourist uh, attraction that takes you to see the where they filmed a lot of the movies, like the dinosaur one. I forget the name now. Jurassic yeah. Park. So there, when when you um, go in, they have that big, um, you know, it looks like that house where they sell stuff. And, and there you can find a lot of uh, more typical things. But that was basically it from my end. I didn't see a lot of the – and then the ABC ones, like, like the one beside the monkey pod yeah. and stuff. A lot of it's um, the stuff that like the ABC stores lot tends to be uh, – very touristy stuff. There's you have to yeah. go to the higher end right. art stores to see actual uh, local carvers, or find out where the local carvers live. <laughs> yeah, hello, <laughs> Mark's hello. knocking on the door. Uh, Hi. <laughs> no, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did find a local carver. That's the worst yeah, part. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, we. Oh, he we did. Found him. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah, go. We, and we got some really cool uh, yeah. uh, ceramic plaque. That we've got already got hung up in our bar, which is really cool. He signed it. Yeah, and these plaques. There we go. Yeah, these tiles are eventually going to go all the way around the La Mariana when they finally, during the renovation. So we'll have a piece of uh, the Mariana at home. So speaking back back to the bar, so what about the food and drinks, sir? You're saying how amazing it was and everything else. What was the food and drink like? Yeah, unlike the other, uh, the food is great there. It's fabulous. I don't, there's some people, oh, I don't know. Oh. 
They have a, they make mostly artisan pizzas, uh, but they have really fresh fish because there's literally, well, beside the ocean, plus there's a fish market right next door. The smell must be interesting. And um, so, yeah, so that food is great. Uh, they don't have a lot of drinks. You'll see a lot of the locals drinking a beer called Hanano, which is the national beer of Tahiti. Ah, okay. We talked about that before. Beers in, in Hawaii. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a tradition of the place being from Tahiti originally. And uh, their own Hawaiian-style Mai Tai, which is really good. And it's only $8 during happy hour. Which, of course, Mark was at. Oh, I know. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, which we were at. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what they did, their Mai Tai was, I found, a little better. It wasn't as harsh as many of the others, but they have a secret ingredients. They won't tell you what's oh, in it. Oh, tiki. Yeah. Ah. I suspect there's probably a little bit of vanilla syrup in there. And I think they throw in some vodka as opposed to cheap rum. Oh, okay. So I think they throw in some like half decent rum and then a little bit of vodka just to booze it up a bit. And uh, it won't take away the taste of uh, some bad. I th- I'm assuming that for my, I had try a few just to assume, but they were really good. They're really <laughs> research <laughs> research. And uh, yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. I had the, uh, with the, I had the pokey, the, uh, the fish with a little bit of stuff on it. Oh, it's fabulous. Nice. And so, yeah, nice. it's great. I, I will go back if I ever get a chance. By the way, I, uh, uh, Mark made a good point there. So if you ever want to booze up your drink, but not change or alter any of the flavors in the drink, vodka is the best way to go. I know we're rum people here, but yes, vodka is like odorous, tasteless. All it does is just add alcohol content to whatever you're making. AA <laughs> must love the vodka. Well, back in the, it's funny because back in the 60s and 70s, you had what it was called the three martini lunch. So a businessman would go to lunch, have three martinis because they're odorless and tasteless, and then go back to work hammered <laughs> and try to work. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. So, once again, there's live music every uh, every night. So, a lot of it local, which is something I found lacking in most of the um, higher-end resorts we went to along Waikiki. They always had somebody playing something, but very few of it was, uh, put air quotes again, Hawaiian. A lot of it was just- Did you get to um, experience, we, we had one of the best local Hawaiian artists, um, one of the nights we were at Monkey Pod. His name was Lava. Yeah, I saw his name listed on the events. Yes. So, so good. He's on Instagram uh, as at mm-hmm. I am lava. He's awesome. And once uh, all the time he is, uh, he posts himself live playing at the monkey pod and it gives me those flashbacks uh, and I'm like, oh, oh memories. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, did you guys find that the music was like, you're just talking about Mark. And the same thing for you, Paul, you can answer this question maybe. Was it more, like you're saying, was there very little Hawaiian music or was it more commercial? Like I found most of the places, aside from like Outback and stuff, I found most of the places, in Aulani at least, there's Hawaiian music all day in the pools and stuff and um, monkey pods and places like that. I, I found I thought it was more more Hawaiian oh, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, because uh- – no, because well, the house without a key, they have the sunset ceremony and with some great Hawaiian music every sunset. Uh, but the other places like Rumfire and all these other ones just had people doing cover tunes. Um, no, I, 
I'm sure that in Aulani there was more Hawaiian music, but then again, it could be a Disney thing, right? In like theme. they like yeah, they're trying to stay in theme, exactly. But um, Monkey Pod, I'm pretty sure it was very Hawaiian too, because it was a very mm-hmm. Hawaiian guy playing. But I don't remember what the ambiance music was without the right. the live guy playing. Well, I know at Aulani the background music is all Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I have the impression that I heard much more Hawaiian music than not because I was there for so long. Good on Disney for doing that. They're they're amazing at that. Everything they do, they try to make it as authentic as possible. Have you ever noticed that? Be it pirates, be it Caribbean, whatever it is, yeah. they really go out of their way to make sure to make it as detailed, as close as they can get it. Like at, at this point, Aulani is more Hawaiian than Hawaii. Well, I mean, like once again, Disney, the attention to detail, when we're, we were walking through the lobby and uh, some guy one of the guys with the shirts says, yeah. I says, oh, look at that. He says, you notice that it's the artwork. It's all women at one end of the hall and it's all men at the other end of the hall. So all the artwork in one corridor was all male related and the artwork in the other corridor was all female related. Wow. I, I didn't wow. notice that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed. I wouldn't have noticed unless somebody had uh, pointed, pointed it out. To me. Yeah. What I noticed, uh, well, Justin pointed out to me is that they have like these little hidden Mm-hmm. Uh, artifacts that are supposed they're they're um, I now I forget the word, but they even have one in one of the elevators, you know, and they're supposed to be some sort of like leprechaun, Hawaiian leprechaun. Uh, okay, and so they have it like hidden, and you're supposed to find all of the ones oh, that you can cool. find in Hawaii in uh, in Alani, like an Easter egg. Yes, exactly. They have it all around Alani, uh, um, and you ha- you're supposed to find them. So speaking of the music, if you ever, Craig, when you go to Tahiti oh, yes. <laughs> um Friday night is the big music night. Okay. That's when a whole bunch of people from town show up and tends to get, well, rowdy is relative, but <laughs> it's. Um, <laughs> That's the night you were there? No, we were there on a Thursday. Yeah. Well, then we nah, found out. Because he doesn't want to be rowdy. That's why. For, yeah. Uh, so yeah, also if you go there, it's literally steps away from Hanalei Bay, which has got some of the best sunsets in Hawaii. I think that's where my friend lives, Hanalei Bay. Oh, what's your friend's name? Can I go there? Hey! her couch. When do they, do they need somebody to take care of their house? Yeah. <laughs> any rate, so Hanalei Bay is right there. And the bar was also featured in the film, The Descendants, starring George Clooney. Oh, I don't know if you ever okay. seen The Descendants, but it's a really good movie, and uh, one of the key moments of the of the movie uh, was in that bar. Oh, okay. With the music playing and the people in the background, through all the locals, those are the real bartenders, and uh, the, the the woman that served us was the one that served me us when we were there, so it was pretty cool. But at any rate, sadly, Andy Louise died in two thousand and three. Oh. Uh, but the, you can see that the spirit of the welcoming is still there. Everybody's really pleased. You know, they go to their way to greet you and make sure everybody's happy. There's a nice little section there on the wall with a picture of her Aww. and some stuff around her. And also the third generation of the Matson family is about to take over running. Keep the, keep the, the family going. Keep the family. Uh, Keeping and the family yep. going. So, yeah. So, yes. Tahiti Nui. Go. There we go. Go now. Uh. I have one last uh, question that I would like to ask you, Mark. What did you think of, of the Hilton, the one in Waikiki Beach? Oh, the the village? Yeah. There's a lot of people there, that's for sure. <laughs> what did you say, Seven Towers? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. 
The seven thousand. Yeah, it's yeah. really big. It's actually uh, the bar was fine. The food there was good. The shopping there is surprisingly good, which yeah. I found amazing. It's like it's better shopping than the international marketplace. Wow. <laughs> uh, for free people want to get yeah. stuff to take home with them but it it does was very corporate everything's in a plastic glass you know that kind of stuff so yeah it was good drinks were good it's nice to be there did you by any chance see the check-in or check-out while yeah, you were there we walked by the craziness oh, it's that's absolutely nuts <laughs> like you're saying it's for it's one check-in for seven towers that's that's a lot it's the most ridiculous thing I've seen hotel wise, I think, ever. Like, and even the uh, uh, the wedding chapel thing, right in the middle of the whole thing, it's just like, what is that? I mean, it's big. It's bigger exactly. than some of our churches here. <laughs> well, I guess a lot of people get married there, right? Yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, it was good. I liked it. I'm glad they have a nice mural along the one wall, um, talking about all the different musicians that have played there over the years. It was nice that they actually yeah. mentioned it, but I don't know if they actually have any musicians there anymore uh, of note, but it was nice that they actually mentioned it. So uh, so here's a question for you, because I mean, like I, every time I travel in the Caribbean, so from a tourist perspective, obviously all these gift shops always give you like, you know, shot glasses and t-shirts and things like that to bring home to, you know, for your souvenirs. Was there anything unique about Hawaii when it comes to bringing home souvenirs? Um. Oh, crap. I don't know. I will remember that well anymore. Not really. Anymore. There is, um, we got uh, a mug from La Mer here. Yeah, there's all kinds of ooks everywhere. There was a really nice shop, ukulele shop in Hanalei. I bought, I bought a actual, like, a wooden salad bowl with the wooden um, yeah. utensils for it, which was, like, handcrafted, nice. which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, oh what am I thinking? Shirts. Hawaiian shirts, man. Get your shirts there. <laughs> Get your authentic Hawaiian shirts there. Yeah, we got uh, we brought back coffee. Uh, there's a Kauai coffee. There's also, of course, if you're in the Big Island of Hawaii, you can get Kona coffee. Uh, so the coffee, that's another thing. But the actual uh, tourist stuff, most of it just seemed to be like the usual masks and stuff that you can find here. Mm-hmm. I went to a record store. Oh. <laughs> Of course. Hello. Did you get any authentic Hawaiian records over you there? Like any Hawaiian music? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Did you go to any flea shops while you were there? Went to one. It was kind of horrible. <gasps> no. We went to, a, I know, it was sad. We did go to. Disappointing. Um, trying to remember the name of the guy's place. There's an antique Hawaiian shirt place. Oh, wow. Just, and uh, it was actually, once again, another. Uh, Episode of Anthony Bourdain went in there and actually bought a shirt from them. Try and remember the guy's name. Wow. It was fun. We went through there, spent hours. Of course, I didn't find anything I wanted that I could afford. Did Linda? Oh, it's probably expensive. Yeah, yeah. There there was a couple of vintage Hawaiian shirts there only going for about four or $5,000. Oh, jeez. (laughs) Ouch. It was just three zeros more than you're used to, right? Well, anyway, there, folks. So, yes, Marky, oh, thank well. you for all the information on on the your journeys, and of course, we're going to attach all that information to Mark's adventures page. So, do check that out. Also, we talked about the two different versions of Mai Tai. We're going to put those out as recipes. There's all kinds of versions of Mai Tais, folks, out there, but do try to keep it authentic as much as possible. No grenadine, no grenadine. <laughs> That's one of my things I always tell people: no grenadine in your Mai Tai. 
Uh, anyways, yeah, so let's tell everybody who we are. We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. Or .com. There we go. And on that page, you will find all the information for this episode, including Mark's adventures, the recipes, and all, all the information we're going to give you guys on this uh, journey to Hawaii that I have yet to do, but I will somewhere down the line. It is on my bucket list. So I, I guess a question for both of you, what's what's left on your bucket list? Is there any place that you haven't hit yet that's on I your have, bucket list? I have a new one that I am that I put in my bucket list re- recently is um, Seychelles and uh, Zanzibar. Oh, nice. Right off the coast of Africa there. Yeah. I've been nice. interested in, l- let's put it that way, I want to go swim with the Whale, sh- whale sharks and wow! Just see all the majestic stuff that's out there. Looks very pretty. Nice. And Mark, for you, what's on your bucket list now that you've uh, gone back to Hawaii and adventures? Maui. We haven't done Maui. Okay, yet. so go back to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go back to Hawaii too. Well, I want to do Iceland. Come on. Have you guys done Iceland at all? No. We have many friends or a number of friends that have yeah. and enjoyed it, enjoyed it a it lot. It seems so damn beautiful, like a different type of beauty, you know, that I'm, I want to go see. I do want to go to the Barbados and do the rum thing. Yes. Barbados is definitely on my list for sure. So Craig, question out of all, what islands do you know in the Caribbean? So the islands I've hit so far, see, we've got to go to Puerto Rico. We've done Dominican Republic. I've done St. Lucia, St. Thomas, St. John's. Uh, oh, God, okay. Let me go. Hang on. I'm running through all of them here. Uh, we did Carousel. Uh, I've done Aruba, uh, Mexico, Jamaica. Uh, okay. So what's your favorite? Carousel is my one of my favorites for sure. Uh, the Dutch islands. Uh, the reason why is because it's it's Dutch, so the, it's it's got a bit of wealth to it. Um, but it's not so expensive. It's not like you think, okay, it's going to be super expensive like Aruba. Carousel is kind of an undiscovered, in some perspective, island. It's an oasis. Uh, the great thing about them is that they purify the water. Because one of the things about you guys, but I hate going to an island where I have to constantly remind myself not to drink the water. Or something that's involved in water, like washing fruit or anything like that. I love going to an island where like, I don't have that concern of brushing my teeth and having to bring bottles of water into the sink. Okay. Yeah. So it, that's one of the things there. They have water purification. They get fruits and vegetables from Venezuela every day fresh. They have their own chicken farms, their own beef farms. It's a, basically, they, they're self-contained. It's completely. This is Curacao? Curacao, yeah. Um, okay. They also have a program for wild for dogs. So there's no stray dogs. They also have a program for people that can't afford a house. So they basically rent it from the government. And then eventually it's like kind of they pay it off as they go along for a mortgage. So it's a very well established. And apparently it's like five languages they have to learn coming out of school. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's Do got a lot of Do you have a favorite, great- Mark? I haven't been to too many islands that I've spent long enough time. There, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Okay. You're too busy being in the bars. That's right. Yeah. No, the, uh, I haven't been to an island per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is a couple of cruises you just get off, yeah. get back on again. Yeah. You have no idea what the island's really like. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing I tell people all the time. When you're on a resort, so these Caribbean islands, guys, don't just sit down in a resort. Go to the local areas and stuff like this and check them out because that's the authentic of that area, like Cuba. You know, if you're on a resort of Cuba, you're not getting Cuba. You're getting a resort of Cuba. You go go on the island. Yeah, explore. but that, that also depends on what the person wants to do, right? Like, because yeah. 
I feel that there's a lot of people that they just want to go to sit in the and enjoy the weather, you know, yeah. like. Oh no, for sure. Like, like, say it's, don't come back and say, oh, it's fair Cuba. Well, you're exposed to resort of Cuba. Yeah, <laughs> Cuba. yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree, a hundred percent. I think, I think too. Also, too, Paul, you want to keep in, in mind. Uh, I always do this everywhere I go. Is that the one of the cab drivers that usually drives us to the resort or wherever we're going? If you get to become really good friends with them, like pay them a little extra on like a tip, then they're more prone to like tell you like where you should go and where you shouldn't go. Yeah. Well, thanks for the tips. No problem. Anyway, so yeah, so uh, back to the show. Uh, so yes, we do have an episode. It's a recipe page. So check that out, folks, for all the recipes on there and, of course, all of our episodes. Uh, by the way, you will notice now on the website, I should have mentioned this on the last one, recipe is now broken into recipe page one and page two. We've got so many recipes, I had to make a page two recipe. So yes, there is a page two of the recipes. So now you'll notice in the links on all the show descriptions, it's page two of the recipes. There is a page one, of course, from show one all the way up to whatever show we're on now. Um, and also, too, we do have a subscribe page. So please do subscribe to our show. Please. There please. we go. So uh, I can pack my bags and uh, have a Craig's Adventures. And uh, yeah, I see all the bars that Mark's been to and... Uh, well, I probably won't drink as many Mai Tais as Mark did, but uh, definitely. Why not? Come on, why not? <laughs> I don't know. Because that's a lot. Come that on. is a lot. Come on. It's Come like, on. Man up, man. Come no, on. But, for, for a couple of reasons. One, A, I'm usually the driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can't go around hammered in Hawaii. <laughs> well, well, the place we stayed in Honolulu is literally five to ten minutes away from all the major resorts and all the great bars right in Waikiki. There you go. And it was a cheap place to stay and uh, number two my recovery time on drinks is getting longer and longer <laughs> so i don't want to ruin my <laughs> yeah. trip going great i spent a day in, in bed because i couldn't recover <laughs> yeah. anyway before i forget because my memory is really slow it's called bailey's antiques and aloha shirts ah there we go check that out and you can get authentic um magnum pi <gasps> yeah magnum pi yes all shot in Hawaii, of course, yes. Anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, we do have a cool page, of course. And uh, that's it, folks. So thank you for listening and stay to the next show. See ya. Ciao. Aloha. There we go from Hawaii. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? Yeah, we saw with the because they're going to Hawaii like the week after we were there. I know it was going. To, I have not gone. Yet. You don't have to go, Craig. We're going for you. Oh, yeah. geez, thanks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm living yeah. through you. Is what you're trying to tell me, Mark? I'm living through you. Living yeah. vicariously. <laughs> through yeah. Vicariously through you, through Mark. Yeah, there you okay, go. it's a lot cheaper for you if we go instead. <laughs> yeah, I, I, am, the- I have to agree. I get the full experience without going. Okay, I got it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>